0: Welcome to Future of Journalism, a podcast from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism at the University of Oxford. I'm Federica Carubini, Director of Leadership Development at the Institute. This is a special series of our podcast, and it's dedicated to the Digital News Report 2023. Over six episodes, we're diving into the most comprehensive piece of research on news consumption around the world. In this episode of the series, we're joined by co-author of the report, Kirsten Eddy. Kirsten will help us unpack the findings around news participation and online engagement and why it's important as an element to consider. Kirsten, welcome to the
1: podcast. Thank you for having me.
0: So in your chapter of the report, um, you look at the levels that people engage with the news, whether it's through actions like posting news, commenting, reading, or sharing, for example. Can we start from the beginning, really, like why this is an important question to consider?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great question. And and I think it's important for a few reasons. The first is that engaging news users has been a growing challenge for news organizations around the world, which I think makes it important for us to better understand what this looks like from the audience perspective. And I think the second piece of this is, is that more broadly participation in public life and public debate has generally been considered a central element of what civic engagement means in a democratic society. So how people are participating in these debates in many countries around the world and who is shaping them really matter.
0: And how did you go about researching the issue? What makes someone a participator, according to your
1: methodology? We've been tracking these questions around participation in the digital news report for some time now about how people are, are sharing or participating in news coverage. And we ask this by asking them about a series of different behaviors, uh, including things like talking uh, to others about it, family and friends, colleagues, uh, different forms of commenting, liking, et cetera, during an average week. And we ask participants to select all that apply, all that they do you know, during an average week. And so we've broken these different groups of behaviors into a series of what we call segmentations. So the first being active news participators. These are people who engage with online news actively by posting or commenting about the news. The second group are still participators, but they're more reactive. These are people who are reading comments, uh, who are liking or sharing news online uh, and offline. And then we have passive consumers, so these would be the non participants people who are using news but are actually not participating in the process at all. So if you look at the findings, what did you find about overall
0: levels of news participation?
1: Overall, I think what we see here suggests in many of our markets less and perhaps more constrained public debate. So when we look at the averages across all 46 markets that we study here, We see a steady rise over time in that passive news consumption, uh, as well as in reactive participation alongside what's a pretty substantial fall in active participation. So that's down 11 percentage points to less than a quarter of respondents now uh, over the past decade. So that group of people who are making up really a large swath of what the public sees as open participation with news is continuing to shrink over time. Of
0: course, the digital news report has a very global outlook um, and covers a lot of different markets around the world. Have you found any regional um, trend um, that um, it could be useful for us to know?
1: Absolutely. I I think we see quite a bit of, of both country and regional variation here. And so it is clear that where you are in the world does play an important role in how you're participating with news. We see higher overall trends of participation, particularly in our African markets, our Southeast Asian markets, and our Latin American markets. Um, And we see much less participation in places like Central and Northern Europe, North America, and even some of our markets in East Asia. And in some ways, this could be partially due to sample differences. Uh, One example is that in our African markets, respondents are more likely to be younger, more educated English speakers. Um, but at the same time, I mean, this is a pretty broad trend. And I do think that they reflect real uh, country and regional differences in terms of media environment, particularly those that have higher reliance on and adoption of social networks. Um, and so just to, to give one kind of quick example of this, we see that over a third of per- of people are actively participating with news in a market like Thailand where social media is by far the most important gateway for news, for news users. Uh, And that is kind of compared with an example of one in 10 respondents who are uh, actively participating in Denmark, where we see huge direct connections with brands um, remaining much stronger than the turn toward, for instance, social networks for news.
0: And beyond the the, the regional and and, and, and local um, trends, um, have you been able to understand any of If any, like demographic, for example, um, detail play into, into these different behaviors?
1: Yes, especially when we look at that group of active participators. So those who are, you know, posting or commenting about news online, we do see that across our markets, these groups are often more likely to be men, higher educated, more politically partisan, and more interested in news. So this group, as I said, makes up less than a quarter of news users nowadays, um, but we can see that, that from a demographic perspective, it's increasingly a fairly unrepresentative, but vocal minority that are actively engaging. And given
0: the very rapid um, changes in the wider social media and platform environment,
1: how is news engagement on such platform changing? Yeah, I, I think there's kind of two pieces to that question. Uh, the first we can see when we look at comparisons of online versus on offline engagement. Um, When we focus on individual forms of news participation, we can see these really steady decreases over time for most forms of public participation with news, both offline and online. At the same time, we do see that it's clear that that online and offline participation isn't necessarily an either or sort of proposition we can see that talking face-to-face offline about news has also declined, but even in this you know, increasingly digital media environment, it remains the most widely reported form of news participation. So I think there's that kind of element, the fact that, that despite these wider changes that we see online and offline um, you know, still remain uh, equally used in different ways. I think to the point about a changing media environment and and the continued changes that we see among platforms and how people are using them, one thing we do see is that closed forms of online sharing, uh, particularly via private messaging applications, really continues to grow over time, unlike other forms of sharing. This is especially clear in markets with higher overall use of private messaging apps, so markets in Latin America uh, and Southeast Asia in particular. Uh, It also really maps on to some of the broader changes that we see across all markets in just people's use of messaging apps like WhatsApp or Telegram over time. Um, And so we can see that that the sort of changes in the digital media environment may lead some people to turn slightly away from more public sharing or participation because perhaps they perceive public debates there as a bit more toxic or a bit more um, dangerous for them and are instead turning toward more private platforms to do so at times.
0: In your research, you asked people whether they have a broadly positive or negative experience of engaging with the news online. What did you find out?
1: Yes. uh, This year, we asked respondents uh, about their experience engaging with news online or on social media. So for them, that included reading or posting comments, as well as talking to people about news. And we find that while many people do have reason to be wary of online participation, generally people are three times more likely to say that their experience of gauging and of engaging with news online is positive rather than negative. At the same time, we also see that that largest swath of the public appears to be fairly ambivalent. They describe their experience as as neither positive nor negative, and that represents around 40% of people.
0: Is there a correlation of like the quality of this experience with how much people choose to engage with the news?
1: Definitely. I, I think we were initially a bit surprised by our results, given the sort of public discourse around online engagement being really toxic or negative. And to some extent, this is a fair criticism. Particular groups of people around the world experience far more dangerous online environments than others. And and so many times engagement online you know, varies depending on who you are and where you are in the world. But I do think that we, we find that that part of this sort of ambivalence and, and tends toward positivity over negative negativity may at least in part be because people are just simply not engaging with news as much online. People who don't participate in news are far more likely to express ambivalence about engaging with news online than to say that they feel positively or negatively. And we also find that people with online uh, with sorry, with negative online experiences, are nearly four times as likely, as those who feel positively, to not participate at all with news. And I think one of the things that we really find here that that makes it stand out is that these people are still equally likely to talk offline about news, so this tells us that how people feel about their online news experiences clearly does affect how they participate with news online, even if it doesn't affect how they participate offline. Were there any other factors that play a part in whether people have
0: positive or negative experiences?
1: We see a few factors that play into this, particularly among specific demographic groups, uh, and this varies across many markets. So in some cases, uh, like the U.S., for example, a gender gap is very clear. In certain markets, uh, politics plays a critical role in these perceptions as well, both in terms of political affiliation as well as interest in politics. So we see that those who are interested in politics are twice as likely to feel positively about their online negative or online news experiences than negative. And in certain markets uh, like the UK, US, and Brazil, we do see that those on the political left are far more likely than those on the right to say that their online experiences are are negative. Actually, I think the the other piece that was particularly interesting is that we do see in some countries for instance, uh, Portugal, Germany, and France, the youngest cohort of 18 to 24-year-olds are significantly more likely than any other age group to say that they have negative online news experiences. And this really stood out to us. And, and of course, you know, there's a variety of reasons for why this may be. It could be that younger people are more likely to be politically left-leaning, so there may be sort of intersectional ties here between some of the demographics that we're looking at. Or it could be that they just see more conversation about the internet and online comment sections being negative environments, um, or that they just are more frequently present on these platforms, and it, it can be quite overwhelming for them at times. Perhaps in terms of, of just the expectations that are set on users, or even just the toxicity on these on these platforms.
0: Um, you mentioned um, that politics and which um, you know which which side they lean. Um to, um, can have an impact, um, but so related to, to this, um, which, you know, to what degree which people feel comfortable expressing their opinion, whether online or online, about politics then, um, do they need to,
1: you know, how, how do they feel about that? That's a really good question. I think one of the, one of the things we really wanted to engage with this year is we asked these sorts of questions around um, people's experiences with with different forms of participation and engagement was this question of of whether there is a sense that public debate is becoming more constrained, particularly when it comes to to online debates around things like news and politics. So, some of the questions that we included this year was asking how careful people feel they must be about what they say when they talk about politics, both online and offline. And I think we really see here on average that majorities of people do express across our markets being wary of what they say in political conversations, both online and offline. How does this vary by country, for example? We see that perceptions of not needing to be careful about what one says remain consistently low across our markets when it comes to online political conversation. So I think where we see a lot of variation or nuance is particularly when we look at offline political conversation. So for instance, in some of our our less politically contentious markets in Europe, such as maybe Finland or Denmark, we see that nearly half of people feel they do not need to be careful about what they say offline. But when we look at markets like the US, Australia, or Brazil, where we might say political debates are often more polarized. This is not the case, and we see around a quarter or less of respondents feel comfortable expressing their political opinions offline. What could account for some of this variation? In around half of our markets, we we do find that majorities of respondents feel they must be careful about what they say when they talk about politics online and offline. These concerns are more prominent among particular demographic groups again, so political partisans, the highly educated and those who are more interested in politics, regardless of medium, whether they're talking about politics offline or online. I think the other kind of piece of this that we see that might account for some of this variation is that markets where people are more concerned about discussing politics online are also often those with more active participators. In some cases, some of these markets have mixed or low media freedom rankings, according to the Reporters Without Borders uh, World Press Freedom Index. And these perceptions are particularly high among respondents in countries where citizens may feel the chilling effects of things like political unrest or threats to free expression. Finally, Kirsten, should news organizations be concerned about the findings
0: of these chapters? What can they do to ensure that online spaces they own or
1: use become ones for healthy news engagement? These are such good questions. And I don't think you can find a journalist who doesn't think about or feel concerned about audience engagement nowadays. And I think these trends that we're noting here really raise some important questions about what participation and engagement mean in what is perhaps an increasingly online but less openly participatory news environment. Uh, and so it may be that we need to sort of grapple with Participation, the nature of participation sort of changing over time. We see publishers moving away from open forms of news participation, like removing online comment sections. And we also see, you know, social media platforms downra- downranking or limiting users' interaction with news. So I think with all of this in mind, to some extent, publishers need to be aware of these changes and find ways to sort of broaden and deepen engagement with that more passive or reactive majority of news users. Uh, And I think the second piece is that we, we clearly see this critical link between how people perceive their experiences engaging with news online and their willingness to actively participate in it. So I think when it comes to, as you noted, both publishers and platform companies, that are equally focused on on better audience or user experiences. This really speaks to the clear importance of fostering healthy digital spaces as one way of promoting digital participation, particularly when it comes to that large segment of the public that is increasingly wary of engaging online. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you for having me.
0: Our guest today was Dr. Kirsten Haddy postdoctoral research fellow at the Reuters Institute. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Digital News Report 2023 podcast series. You can catch up on all um, other episodes on Spotify or Apple podcasts. And if you want to read the report in full, you can find it online at digitalnewsreport.org slash 2023. If you don't want to miss any news from the Institute, you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter by clicking the link on our Twitter bio or on our homepage. This was Future of Journalism, a podcast by the Reuters Institute. I'm Federica Cherubini, and we'll be back soon.